This is Podkit, Episode 4, Ads Are Dumb, on Monday, June 22nd, 2015. And now, this episode is loosely considered advertising. This episode of Podkit is hosted by Brandon Johnson, Brian Mitchell, and Ryan Rampersad. Welcome to Podkit, Episode 4. Hey, that's this. Yeah. All right. It's been two weeks. Oh my gosh, yeah, it's been forever. Good to, it's good to be talking with you guys again. Yeah. Thanks, Brandon, for not being here. Gosh. Sorry. Well, we got to do uh, an Apple special instead. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I have that I have that queued up still. That's at the top of my queue. I just haven't had any of my equipment with me for some time because that's been packed in my carry-on baggage since Thursday because I'm trash. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I cannot wait. I cannot. I, I basically, I am such a WWDC novice, so if we get into any of that stuff right now, like, I... I read the articles. I read the show notes of, of the special from earlier in the week, um, but I haven't I haven't listened to any of the podcasts yet from it. I'm trying to do that all this this week as I'm driving to work. But do you guys do you guys have any follow up or follow up from that? Not not too much. Um, I guess the the big ones I've wait let's see follow up. Um, I'm trying to think through Twitter. Um, I've seen some people hack around with rootless. Looks mm-hmm. like it might be able to be disabled. We'll see. Um, what else? It basically locks off system, uh, a couple of their folders, and it makes uh, user local re- uh, write only or no read only. One of the two. Mm-hmm. That's where Homebrew installs things too. So that'll be interesting to see what happens. Oh, so Homebrew won't work then. It might be write only, but okay. that's not very good either. Yeah. So. Huh. It may, I don't know. It might be read only. Who knows? Yeah, I'm. I'm sure someone will come up with a solution. Yeah, interesting. Interesting stuff. Yeah. All right. So let's see. Sounds like you were at a hackathon this weekend, Brian. Is that right? Yes. On Saturday, I had oh, what was it? Seven friends from Morris come on over, and we hackathoned. Uh, they came over at eight or started at eight ten. The last person overslept. You know, we got going maybe more towards nine. 9.30-ish. Um, nice. We split into more or less three groups. Um, one group redesigned a website for a humane, uh, some county humane society here in Minnesota, Twin Cities cool. area, um, or city or some some, some page, because it, you know, it looked like early 2000s. Yeah. They did it with uh, Angular Full Stack Yeoman Generator. Oh, cool. What I've used. I wasn't involved with that project at all, though. But it looked pretty good. They were nearly complete. Um, awesome. It's on Heroku also, so I don't know the URL, but it does exist somewhat publicly. Um, nice. Another team or duo worked on hooking up a Raspberry Pi, so you can press a button, and their goal was then it automatically loads a pizza website based on your configurations, selects the pizza, pays for it, and orders it to be delivered to your address. So, you know, instant pizza or delayed right. but instantly ordered pizza. Uh, they're trying to use Phantom JS and maybe a couple other tools. I don't think they they never got it working. They're having some issues. I didn't talk to them too extensively about it, so I can't really talk about too much about what they had. But I know I was able to press the button, and they told me it was being pressed. So I nice. pressed them a couple hundred times. But yeah, and then I worked on uh, my little website, HeyGetBackTo.Work, which I started in March. I did initial commit, and then I went back 
two days in May, I think, and did like one commit each day to touch on it. And so I worked with uh, one of my friends, another friend helped out a little bit too. And so we added a uh, Favicon, a couple other links, Rickroll page, important stuff. Nice. We did the gradient and had lots of pull requests. So that was fun. Awesome. And, and people kind of sputtered out by like 10 o'clock, stopped really working. People were gone by 1130. So it was a long day, but definitely not quite your traditional hackathon because it was just kind of small people, you know, small size, not really official, didn't go super, you know, it was probably a little over 12 hours of work time. Well, not in counting meals. So shorter than most that I've seen. So. That's awesome, though. I mean, like it, it's it's got to be cool to like set it up with a bunch of cool, like-minded people that you know, and and just mess around and make awesome stuff. Because like there aren't a whole lot of environments for that, even you know, right? Even even if even if you know people who are good at this stuff, it's hard to. It's it's yeah, it's hard know. to get group of people together and all work on it. And yeah. I think hackathons are good for that because it's everyone who's there is knowing that they're going to work on something, and that's what they're there to do. Yeah. And it was a good way to see friends I haven't seen in a month for most of them. And yeah. Yeah. That's good. I think people enjoyed it. And I've never done a hackathon. So it was a good experience to have. Nice. Yeah. I've been poking Super around cool. your uh, code on, Hey, get back to work. I like the uh, one where it types the message in that comma delimited <laughs> sentence. Well, yeah. Yeah. It is yeah. comma delimited, but I just like the effect. That's cool. Yeah. It's uh flash effect plus just sequencing it out. Yep. Yeah. I use animate.css for, it's like 3,000 lines of CSS for animation. Yeah, I saw that. That was pretty uh, pretty long. Yeah, so that's why my like commit is super high. And then I replaced it with the minified version, so I don't... Actually, I haven't checked, so maybe it brought my total lines added and removed to be about the same. But mm-hmm. Yeah, if anyone listening or you two ever want to add something to it, go ahead, make a pull request, probably accept it. If there are any bugs, I'll probably just accept and then fix it myself. Uh-huh. <laughs> So gotcha. it'll only be live and bad for, you know, a short time. Yeah. Well, that sounds good. My, yeah. That's awesome, though. You, yeah, you definitely did some really cool stuff with it. That's for sure. Hey, have you guys heard at all about, like, the Campus Code Fest? I have not. Okay. I'm, I didn't put this in, in the show notes before, but it's going there now. Um, this is kind of U of M specific but it probably doesn't really necessarily need to be. I think it's open to anyone with a U of M internet ID. So I guess it does mean it has to be U of M specific and I'm lame, but <laughs> you can, uh, it's August 20th and 21st. It's just kind of a cool way to like hack on U of M stuff. Uh, hmm. I feel like in the past it used to be open to, to uh, like more open to the public. Um, actually it looks like it is open to the public. So it says campus, CodeFest is an event that allows IT staff from across the university to organize and work together. Yeah, well, if you want to show up and if you're not IT staff, I'm sure they wouldn't mind. Hey, I see that you're a volunteer here on OAuth's 2 server. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh huh. Living that identity management life, that's for sure. Yeah, you're living that life. OAuth, hashtag OAuth, as they could say. A Google Analytics real time API as well. Yeah. I, I signed up for a lot of these, which is probably uh, something that I should put in check a little bit because uh, you can only do so many of them in actual reality. But I think I signed up for most of them as like just watching. Um, I, I don't know. Let, let's see if I can see. 
Oh no, I did say that I was helping. Someone else who's on two of these here. Interesting. Nice. So if if you want to uh, to check out some really cool stuff, a couple of the projects on here that I think are really really interesting is the course in Class API um, done by a guy named Ian Whitney. Um, he's with uh, he's with uh, one of the offices of the U that works on like uh, 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 like student records and stuff. Yep. So if if you're interested in in that and what they're doing there. That Is that the API that, you, API that you showed us the other day? That's right. That's yeah, the one right that's there. That's pretty good. And there's also like a node bots thing there, which is pretty freaking awesome. I liked all the ideas basically, except for Ansible because I'm not really a huge Ansible dude. But I, I just like the name like Ansible because, you know, fast yeah. all night, you know? Totally. Totally. And like the, the people behind that are also really cool. The virtual machines and stuff. Uh, if, if you're down for virtual machine stuff, you can absolutely check that out. Anyhow, if you have any interest in doing hackathon stuff, but also helping you do make things better, this is the place to do it because there are lots of, you know, lots of food and lots of people and stuff to hang out with and talk about making stuff better, which is cool. Mm-hmm. I think the, I think the reason why it's mainly uh, it's it's mainly IT staff is because a lot of the stuff is like projects that probably people wouldn't want to work on if they're not IT staff. Yeah. Yeah. And is it a paid time for them? No, I don't think it is paid. Okay. Well, I but would love to go But it will make your paid time so much easier. <laughs> if you do it right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's just like cool hanging outing stuff with cool people. If it's not your thing, that's fine too. But I'm, I'm going to stop by, even though I, I'm going to take days off for it. Nice. I've, I've, I've been looking at that thing like, for the past three years and I've never actually gone. So mm-hmm. sounds like you will have a blast. Definitely. Or at least do. Yeah. If, if you guys, if you guys want to be there, you totally should. Cause that'd be awesome. But yeah, also it's a lot of U of M projects. So yeah, I get you either which way. So, Oh, Lordy. Well, either way, market. Oh, oh yeah, there we go. <sighs> that's, that's not quite the former show title, but it's pretty dang close. So. Yeah. Uh, I've been trying to get better. I I noticed how much I was doing it in uh in in Europe too. So, and I'm sure everybody who is listening to you do it in Europe loved it. They did. They thought it was hilarious, especially <laughs> when we were like deciding which street to go. I was like, oh, we could go any which way. It doesn't matter to <laughs> oh, me. And uh, they see were in like, that context, oh, it makes sense. Yeah, probably. I would just say we could go any way. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. That's yeah. true. Any any way is probably the right way to do it. Actually, it's definitely objectively the right way to do it, but you know, vernacular. My vernacular is particularly silly. So, speaking of you in uh, not the U.S., yeah, about your your travels. Oh my gosh! Well, first off, Europe was so awesome, which you know, Brian, because you've been there and you're I going to Denmark and Sweden. So, a little bit of Europe. That's oh my gosh. Those those are two of the coolest places in Europe, from what I've heard. I've never been to either of them, so I guess I can't really objectively speak I but i'm to a small sure. port, port town in sweden and a national park for one night so i haven't really seen sweden but i've technically been there that's awesome that's well you had you had to get your passport stamped right you had to go through border protection or whatever in sweden. uh actually I have my passport right here i don't think nice. i did oh but <laughs> uh iceland iceland i don't think yeah i think it's all the eu you don't have to or at least oh, really Nice. Yeah, I don't know. I I I had to I had to stamp my passport everywhere because 
probably because I was flying. I don't know. Did you fly to Sweden? No, I drove. It was oh. it's really close to Denmark. But my passport is from 2010, so it's got like 16 year old me as a photo. Oh, nice. Real bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, when when we got our passports for this trip, we were kind of freaking out because it seemed like it was very like it was all like washed out and your face was like basically unrecognizable Mm -hmm. and your hair color was all off. So like, I looked like blonde and I mean, with this haircut and blonde, I look kind of sketchy. So sketchier than usual. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to Europe, no less. Yeah. So that's, it's, um, yeah, at least I wasn't going to Germany. Let's put it that way. Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) Oh Lordy. Um, so, uh, past all the passport stuff and the travely things, which the travely things were pretty cool. Uh, one of the things I thought was most interesting is how I got mobile data there. So I, I expressed some concern on previous episodes of PodKit that um, that I uh, I probably would not have any stable internet connection when I was there. Um, and for the first like 48 hours of the trip, that was true. Um, but then um, like uh, like the feedback that we got from uh, from Ian last uh, last episode or two episodes ago. Um, kind of kind of got me thinking that i should probably explore actual ways to get mobile data while i was abroad i.e not paying through the nose from verizon Mm -hmm. um and uh sure enough found this little outfit called three um which is i think mostly in the uk but they also work in other countries i know in italy as well um and i think in hong kong i I could be wrong about that Um, but um three is kind of a really cool network provider and that they have um, like the usual sort of SIM plans, pay-as-you-go stuff, and the contract stuff in the UK. Um, and the UK cellular market is kind of weird in some ways, but 3 is unique because they'll let you, once you purchase a data allowance, you can bring it to any other European country where they have a partner um, and use it for free, for, for no additional charge. And I'm not getting all the terms and conditions right, but I don't need to because I'm not a representative of their company. So, um, it's, it's really cool though, because I just bought a bunch of gigs and went from London to France and everything worked. Nice. And then I went from France to France to Rome and everything worked. So I had like, um, I think we got six gigs of data, um, in the UK and we used them in the UK. Used them uh, oh, it was good question. Uh, that's for me and for my family. So there are four of us, uh, each with iPhones. I had an iPad and an iPhone. Um, get a SIM for both or not have a 3G iPad yeah that's a real real good question Um, this is is kind of the fun fest right Um, so I originally brought an old unlocked iPhone 5 to use um, because my my 5S I figured it was still locked and it wouldn't work later I found out that all Verizon iPhones um, since like the 5 are completely unlocked and can be used internationally with a SIM card swap which is pretty dang cool um but I didn't know that before I left. Uh, any which way. Oh, Lordy. Mark oh, again. again. <laughs> Fail. Um, you just facepalmed there. It's yeah, great. I, I, I facepalmed. Um, see, this, this, is, this is why... Uh, this is... Yeah. Um, I stifled another any which way there. The, the, um, so what I didn't, when I was reading the terms and conditions of, of Three's cellular agreement, I read that um, you can't use data sims data only sims in cell phones and then use the phones as a um, personal hotspot and i was like "Hmm, that's that's a little sketchy i don't want to deal with that yeah that is kind of weird so i ended up buying uh 
um, a wireless hotspot, like a, a dedicated, like Verizon calls them MiFi's or Jetpacks. Um, I got one of those. Um, it was really actually pretty reasonably priced in comparison to what it was in the US. I think um, like the starter kit, which comes with like two gigs free data and um, the, the hotspot, something like that. Um, one or two gigs free, I guess. I don't remember which. Um, it's It was like... Uh, 50 pounds or like 80, 85, 90, 90 dollars uh, for the, for the hotspot and for the two, two gigs, which I mean, compared to Verizon is pretty freaking awesome. Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Cause I mean, when you figure the hotspot itself is at cost about like 30, $30, something like that, 30, 40, $50, depending on where you get it from. Um, and then the data from Verizon is like 50 basically. <laughs> so that that's, that's $50 for a hundred meg, mind you, not for two gig. Um, so yeah. I, I felt uh, I, I felt like we made a pretty pretty darn good deal there. The one trick though was that um, I had to buy all my data in the UK because if you want to reload the um, the SIM card with data um, with a credit card online, you have to have a UK credit card or as they call it a UK bank card hmm. uh, with with a uh, with a UK address. Okay. Well, that's sucky. Yeah. So I just I just bought a bunch of data there and was like worst case scenario um, the USA is actually one of the partner countries where you can use your data allowance for free. Oh nice! So I, figured, I figured worst case scenario I bring it home and use the remaining gigs uh, here. Oh yeah, definitely. So does yeah. the hotspot work here too? Then just overall, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's it, good. It it partner it's a, a T-Mobile's network. Oh so. good. Oh right, Deutsche Telekom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yep. So it's it's uh, I think in in the UK they have agreements with Orange and. Uh, one other carrier that I'd never heard of before. I think it, it's mostly Orange or O2. Um, and then there's one like really random one. I never got Vodafone though. I think that's because Vodafone... Does Vodafone use CDMA too? I could I could be wrong about that. Inst- instead of GSM, that is. Um, I'm not sure. Vodafone. Vodafone be tripping. They, they do what they do. They um, might use GSM, but I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? I, I was what, under the impression that all the major countries not in the U.S., in other words, so not the U.S. They uh, yeah. use CDMA nowhere. Like That's they, what I thought too. Uh, only Japan's SoftBank or some Japan carrier use CDMA because they were foolish. Ah, uh. <laughs> they're they're like secondary, you know, like sixth place carriers. I feel. Yeah, just like Sprint. Yeah. So um, now I'm I'm getting all curious about mine. So I'm looking at my phone model to see what bands of LTE and stuff it supports. To figure out what carrier would be best to get in Denmark. Well, what yeah. phone do you have? Don't you have a six? Yeah, but there's it's like the USA GSM version. But isn't so it's uh, different? But that. isn't it a world phone in general? Doesn't it cover all the bands? Yes, but slightly different bands than the European GSM version. Well, that's or the sucky. non-US one. It might just mean that the US has more bands. I'm that's what I was sure. thinking. Yeah, I'm going to find a table. I have a fifteen forty nine. Maybe Apple have this, but I'm just looking for. Mm-hmm. So, like, I've I've been told my uh, Nexus Six, I think that's what my phone's called. It's a world phone, allegedly, and it would let me take it, you know, pretty much anywhere, and it would allegedly have a band that would work. Nice, that's awesome. Unless I go, you know, in the middle of a uh, prairie in Minnesota, where there is no service anywhere from any carrier. You can't. You can't even. Uh... Oh, so it doesn't have like shortwave support then? No shortwave. No satellite support. No. No. Unfortunately. See? So you can't like ham radio in or anything? Uh, you know, I've been looking into that. Uh, I've been learning some uh, Q codes. Yeah. See, 
I, I wish, uh, I, I think I heard that like iOS nine was going to add ham radio support. Um, so maybe you should, maybe you should come over to the dark side. I might have to, because that, that is very appealing. I, I think, I think it's a hashtag killer feature. I could be wrong though. Uh, well, it's a tent pole feature at least. Ah, <laughs> uh, lordy. That's awesome. So yeah. far, all here's in the mark will support any version of LTE I have. Minus nice. the CDMA carrier. So that's nice to know. Yeah. I have options. Sweet. Are, are you all on Verizon in the US? Or? I am on I'm T-Mobile. On... Ah. T-Mobile prepaid, that is. Wii U. Boo, CDMA. Boo. Are you AT&T, Brian? Yeah, I got my iPhone before, before AT&T lost their exclusive. Oh. I got mine in 2010. Gotcha. See, uh, see my family has, from the beginning... Um, understood that uh, what well, well, we we knew that we could only accept Verizon um, for reasons that I don't I well that I kind of mostly understand but um, but we don't we only ever wanted Verizon's network we couldn't we couldn't have AT and T where we live actually one of our neighbors used to have AT and T phones and our area just was never had service granted this is back in two thousand and four yeah um, when cell phones were different and much different much different. It was it was a different time. Yeah, Verizon is better in Morris for sure. I will have no service when Verizon is four hours or something. Mm-hmm. But it, I mean, there's Wi-Fi on campus. It doesn't bother me too much. It's totally. annoying sometimes for sure, but it's not the end of the world. And I'm you know I have one more semester left there. Um, it was yeah. weird when I first got my phone four. I'd had like three bars in my house. I can only have yeah. two right now. I think I had three a second ago on my six. But there was a time where I had my iPhone 4 for the while, and then all of a sudden it jumped up to five bars all the time. I could get four in my basement. Nice. It, it seems to have gone down a little bit. It might be because it's summer right now, and so yeah. there are more leaves. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. But also probably LTE, I would imagine, doesn't go quite as far because it's higher bandwidth. So mm-hmm. it's a higher spectrum. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I mean, like, and now AT&T's network's pretty much at parity with Verizon's as far as I, as far as I understand it. Um that's just, just really funny how we were stuck on CDMA because for for essentially you know manufactured reasons pretty much for, for the longest time yeah for actually objectively manufactured reasons well they kind don't of the same they, reason I'm stuck on Max well maybe maybe not yeah. not quite the same reason that's true but so my uh, my mom has a phone on Virgin Mobile which is uh, Sprint yeah you know and. Her phone's awful, so I want her to get a real phone, and I want her to come over to the, you know, GSM world where you can just plug your SIM card into your phone and it just works. It's great, and so um, she does. She works here in you know Minneapolis, but that uh, is the usual. Sometimes she has to go out somewhere else in the state for go lives when they have to turn on support for various clinics and stuff. And so yeah. um, I've looked at like doing like a, a straight talk. Uh, they're yeah. they're AT and T based, I think, and they have a little bit more coverage than T Mobile. Um, they're a little bit more expensive, but you know it's okay. Um, T Mobile prepaid's pretty good here, at least in the city. Yeah. So there's a lot of a lot of options for GSM non carrier exclusives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, so you said Straight Talk is AT and T based, so they're they're an MVNO for for AT and T. Um, they're, they're an MVNO for a lot of different things. So I think, oh. I think they are, they're aggregated in a way. So mm-hmm. you, you could, if you have a CDMA phone, I'm pretty sure you can do it. 
for some reason, if you have a CDMA phone that's unlocked, which is a miracle, I think you can do it um, on Straight Talk also. Nice. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. See, I, I didn't know that AT&T, well, I take that back. AT&T has done that before, haven't they? Like they did that with Amazon for the Kindles back in the right. day. Yep. Where they sell Spectrum. Yeah. Well, I think there's also like uh, the GoPhone was traditionally an AT&T MVNO, even though yeah. they're, you know, their own company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go. That was their prepaid, right? Yep. Yeah, right. I think, and, and so, but there's also another company um, that before AT&T owned GoPhone, I think it was also MVNO-like. Nice. Yeah. Hmm. I, I don't know. I always, hmm? I've always just had AT&T. My first phone was the iPhone 4 in 2010. Um, so I made a junior year of high school before getting a phone. But my sister had had a prepaid uh, Virgin Mobile phone since she was in junior high. And my dad had a track phone. So actually my, my grandpa also has a cell phone. It's, it's a track phone. It's at least a 10-year-old model. You know, one of the Nokia bricks. Oh, Green those are awesome. Black and white display. Yeah. Oh, those are so cool. He has his phone off all the time, except if he's going somewhere on like a trip. So we, I'd never call him on that or anything, but except yeah. when he's you know, not at home. Oh, so I was or, totally thinking about TrackPhone, not, not GoPhone. So TrackPhone mm-hmm. is the company that is the owner of TrackPhone, Net10, Total Wireless, Straight Talk, SafeLink, Telekel, Simple Mobile, and Page Plus Cellular. They oh, wow. operate on They're Verizon, AT&T, Sprint, NT-Mobile, and US Cellular. Whoa. So they're everybody. That's crazy. So they they have like they have like a killer network. Then that's like everybody. I, it does appear to be everybody. Yep. So wow. like, do, do you guys have you like have you all ever used track phone? Is it is it any good? I, it, I, I mean, it I've never like done it personally. I've used it on flip phones and non smartphones, so no data or anything. But but theoretically, you get a track phone and just roam on any carrier, no matter what protocol. Because you just have a phone that works on CDMA or GSM. You just uh, I, I think so, as long as you had a phone that could, you know, have all those radios and all those bands. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know one of my friends who, uh, uh, do you know Max Marty? He went to Mars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he had Straight Talk, I think, on his Nexus 5, and uh, he always liked it a lot. Nice. Hmm. Yeah. I've, I've, I've heard good things, but um, yeah, my, my family, we are, we are, uh, we have sold our souls to Verizon, unfortunately. That's okay. You'll get them back someday. Will, will we though? Uh, our two-year contract is well. Our two our two-year contracts are now sufficiently staggered that. Oh um, hmm? I think we're month to month. Yeah, we're we're on. We're, uh, although with with our plan, we have data for a pretty decent price. We've ten shared across the four of us plus text and minutes. Um, but then all our phones are not subsidized. And so we have oh. AT&T Next. Um, my mom and I's iPhone 6. My dad and sister's iPhones are old enough that they, uh, any subsidies that we're on were just voided. And AT&T covered the cost when we switched to the chip family plan. Oh, that's nice. Of um, so, but it means that my mom and I have to pay full price for iPhones. Oh so, my gosh. I mean, I've worked with my mom. I've, I've paid half of plus tax, 375 plus $6 in tax. The, the 64 gig version, which is still worth it to me. Yeah, totally. So I was just but, looking at the Straight Talk website: forty-five dollars a month for unlimited uh, talk and text, and five gigabytes of LTE, of whatever that equals there on the network. So that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, but what's uh, the catch? Uh, I think the catch is that you're on straight talk, and you have to <laughs> you have to bring your own phone. I think that's the catch. Yeah. Uh yeah. And and your uh, wasn't it like somebody's campaign slogan? Not to take this in a political direction, but I guess I'm kind of taking this in a political direction because that was somebody's campaign slogan once, wasn't it? Like straight McCain talk. Palin. I don't, I don't know. No. Yeah, they were like McCain Palin's boss was called like the Straight Talk Express or something. Uh, I, no, I, I I totally was um not paying attention at that time. Maybe right. Who knows? I'm 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 a weirdo, and I was I was paying attention to that sort of thing when uh, what was it eighth grade? Yeah, 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 2008. Yeah. Uh-huh, <laughs> oh, exactly. That's, yeah, I that's... think I was in ninth grade, maybe. Yeah, it was a long time ago. But you you would have been in tenth. That would have been in ninth. Grade. I don't know. Still a long Gosh. time ago. Yeah. That was that was eight years ago almost. Yeah, I would have been in tenth. You're right. Still wow. too long ago. Before I before I start feeling bad about myself, let's uh let's move on to the next thing. Okay, let's do that. <laughs> um, so Oracle, Whoa, some audio issues are going on there. What's up? Everything all right? I had a bunch of audio issues. Oh, am I, I am know. I still am I still coming through for you or not really or possibly? Kind of. Although I think Ryan looks frozen. At no. least to me. Oh no, not open. Okay, I don't know what happened. I I'm just sitting still. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> bad bad for me again maybe is it just me or is it you guys well too? occasionally you are breaking up but yeah yeah i i can i can hear you loud and clear ryan that's we good yeah uh... i missed ryan's complete thing well maybe then. it's me i don't know whatever let's continue the internet oracle. what is the internet i blame oracle oracle's yeah, at so fault always larry allison dang it that kid what's he up to uh two bad Actually, bad things definitely uh, he he is kind of like um, the supervillain of uh, of uh, the tech CEOs, kind of. Kinda uh, the polite supervillain, of course. Totally, he, he's like he's like Tony Stark, but with a little bit of like a, a I don't know. Well, instead of being somewhat clueless about people, he's knowledgeable about people, but clueless on being nice to the world. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's a good way to put it. Um, but speaking of things that Larry Ellison's up to, apparently he had a webcast a while ago where he announced that um, uh, that Oracle is going to start doing Amazon Web Services stuff, but which is to say that they're trying to compete with Amazon Web Services, um, and that looks like they're taking it really seriously. Um, now I feel like <laughs> Ellison was a guy way back in the day who was like, the cloud is the thing; it's the thing that's going to happen. Yet Amazon kind of beat them to the punch on this. Um, with with AWS. I mean in a way I think that's really true but in a different way maybe it's sort of also different anyway because Oracle was always uh kind of going down that IBM route like custom solutions like we'll host your cloud but yeah. we get to do all of it and you just go and just you just pay us and we'll d- just do it all. Like an exclusive yeah. contract for enterprise de- uh, environments. Right. That's what I've kind of Like AWS before. is kind of like okay, here you go. You can have the servers, you figure it out now. It's more yeah. kind of independent developers and small groups. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, yeah, or- Oracle's never really been about the the the, the little guy. That's no, sure. not at all. Unless unless Oracle's trying to buy the little guy. Yeah, or like a little yeah. island, for example. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Just a small island. Just have you ever used? Um, so have you? Have either of you ever used AWS at all? Oh yeah, all I the time. Got a free trial maybe almost a year ago, but I haven't done anything with it. Yeah, I, I was I, on that free trial, you know, years ago, and it was great. So I decided to put everything I've ever loved on it. 
Are you still? I probably should have done something. Are you but, still using it, Ryan? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so the the podcast files are stored on the uh, S3, and yeah. um, I've used some of their other like you know spin up a little server for five minutes things. That was kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I've I've only ever used EC2. I wanted to get into S3, but my free trial ran out before I before I got a chance to mess with it. But that was like I was young and naive, yeah. and I didn't know what service what storage really was about. Right. So. Well, you know, S3s. You know. It's good and it's bad. Uh, like if, for example, the podcast became horrendously popular, and by the podcast I mean the network in general, mm-hmm. the prices don't scale. Like, oh, you just had fifty billion downloads. Okay, well, it's like dirt cheap. No, you actually have to pay a lot. So the yeah. the hosting co- or the bandwidth cost, I guess, is what really ends up getting you. The storage costs yeah. are pretty much free at that point. Yeah. Nice. Well, sort of nice. It has the potential to be nice. Yeah, nice. so for for our usage, it's pretty good. Most podcast groups don't use S3 for their storage or hosting. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and for this network, you got you got a pocket, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I've we, u- I, I, I haven't used it, but I've looked at um, the Google Cloud Engine something. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have pretty good rates, too. Oh. And, of course, um, Azure from the Microsoft has a pretty good service also. Hmm. Yeah, I've, I've heard good things about Azure. I've never really used it because, um, because, because Microsoft, I guess. You know, I always used but, to think that same thing because Microsoft. Like, I'm not touching that. You don't know when it's going to break or change or they're going to suddenly charge yeah. you more. Yeah. In order to retrieve I, I, your file, you must apply for a license. Oh, invalid license. No files for you. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah. Mm, what about that you? Is exactly... Something like Mediafire or something, you know, like a file sharing website that you can link to this to the files probably um, in terms of search agreement i don't and... think mediafire would work because you'd have to like doesn't mediafire make you click like a link in order to download a file because it's not it's not direct yeah. download is it i think mediafire yeah is well direct download. some places you can but it opens a new tab no some places i've seen you can do direct link but yeah oh nice i don't know See, I, I use Dropbox to do web hosting back when Dropbox would allow you to do that. Yep. Yeah, that, that lasted for like six months, and then they were like, mm, come on, pal. That's not what this is about. Nope. Yeah, I remember it's seeing true. tons of tutorials on like, hey, make your own little website using Dropbox. And it's yeah, like, yeah, I just had a, sure. a tiny URL pointing to a yep. file in Dropbox. It's great. Did you guys ever have .tk domain names? Uh, I didn't do it, but I saw so many people who did. Oh, totally. that um, it, it was just like a, the TK domain. So any, anything that ends in .tk, they offered like free domain names. Oh my gosh, it looks like they still do. Well, that's, that's interesting. Um, I'm going to put that in the show notes then because this is how, uh, how, how fancy is that? That is not the URL. <laughs> no, it keeps it. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, forever cursed to keep pasting in the, the campus code fast link. Uh, until until the end of time. Sorry, guys. Um, but what I have in, in the show notes now is uh, the the link to .tk, which is dot period. <laughs> oh my gosh! Like how how, how do they make any money on these .tk, .tk. Name, this this thing? Like how do they do it? Like I have no idea. It's a company called Freenom, apparently. Which is uh, let's well let's see what Freenom is up to. They're probably pretty sketch, but um. Well, the government of Tokelau probably gets no other attention otherwise, so I'm sure maybe that's why. 
I know I uh, I had a, a .cc domain free for a year once, too. Nice. I really do much with it, though. I think actually I pointed that to Dropbox. I had the Dropbox website for probably like a year. A little longer than I should have, but... Mm-hmm. I gotcha. Domain names. We should... Uh, so I know we kind of mentioned this before, but we should eventually, as maybe in like six months... If we're if we're if we're all available and all willing, we should do like a domain name retrospective of all the domain names we've purchased. Oh, that'd be so much Wouldn't fun! Wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't it be awesome? Oh, of course. Maybe maybe based on that response, maybe we should move it up to like next week. <laughs> okay, um, then. I have my third domain expires in uh, October, so before then. Okay, October let's September. do it. Yeah, my uh, uh, my um, anime yeah, blog um, domain is coming up for renewal soon. I think I'm going to renew it, even though I don't write there anymore. Nice. Yeah, no, I hmm? gotta archive it so people later can go back and see what you did ten years ago. You know, it's funny because people yeah. still view those stupid posts. And nice. I on average I think I get more traffic there than on my real blog. How much traffic do you get? Well, you know, at least thirty visits a day. Wow. I know. <laughs> and there's just a bunch of old anime review ramblings. Like there's no content of value. Tiny ad on each page and pay for you the pay for the domain name. I doubt it would even come close. Layer code it with ads, nothing but. Uh, I don't like ads personally. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I well, I have mixed feelings about ads, which would be another interesting thing that we should talk about. It's going in the topics list, definitely. One of the things that I'm studying is kind of could be loosely considered advertising. And I would probably like to, at some point, have some sort of knowledge or work in some way of, of marketing things at some point. Um, but also, ads are dumb. Quote, Brandon Johnson, 2015. You just, uh, you, just need, you just need the ads from the deck and you'll be good. <laughs> That's what John Gerber uses, right? Yeah, yep. a, lot of, Marco, a lot of the hipsters. And, yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Brandon, did you see that WebKit in uh, iOS 9 and El Capitan will support WebKit-based ad blocking or content blocking as they say yeah i heard about that that seems really interesting like i i mean as so so in in the in the marketing field like it's kind of difficult to be like well now now all your like really like the way i see it is like the, the really crummy like search ads like google google ad uh oh my gosh adwords and stuff like that's probably a lot of the stuff that's going to get blocked in, in, you know, cause it's really easy to just be like, okay, yeah, whatever. This is AdWords, you know, shut up. Um, you know, it's funny. Cause like those are the ads that I don't even care if I really see at all. Exactly. Cause we're programmed to ignore them, right? Yeah. Well, I am programmed to ignore them. However, every time my dad or mom search for anything on Google and it's the first link up on top, they click it cause they just don't get it. Yeah. I will, I will say occasionally if I like, Today at work, I Google searched Amazon because I hit enter before remembering to type .com. Yeah. And I clicked the ad on Google that went to Amazon. Unacceptable. Well, whatever. I'll give them money. No. It took longer to load, though, because of all the redirects. Of course. Yeah. I mean, like... So, like, the ads that I have a bigger problem with are... Mm -hmm. So, I don't know what happened to The Verge. Uh, Neil I. Patel decided to destroy it. But, you know, whatever. I'm not better. Totally am. And, um... (laughs) Like the Verge, for example, used to have less ads, I think, or uh, that I uh-huh. could tell. But now they just have ads smeared across this whole website. So, like, so when I load the Verge in Safari, which doesn't have any ad blocking right now, 
Um, I see when I go there, this big, the visionary LS Lexus car, yeah. overbleed, annoying piece of crap thing. Yeah. This is unacceptable. Okay. So then if we scroll down, uh, there's another car ad scrolling notes more. Another car ad almost just as big as the full bleed oh, car totally. ad from above. Uh, scrolling down some more, scrolling down some more, some more, some more, more. Oh, here's, here's an article about a car on the verge. Okay. I guess that's not an ad. Um, scrolling down some more, more. Oh, look, a little banner ad at the bottom. Okay. That's great. Well, so on a desktop or on a laptop, I guess it's okay to have these kind of big full bleed ads, you know, especially on the homepage, I guess maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then there's a Samsung Galaxy Tab S on an individual page. And then there's another, uh, sidebar square ad. And then at yeah. the bottom, there's another full bleed or not full bleed, but full column ad and then another square ad and another banner ad. So that's like six or seven ads of the same product all on the same page. Yeah. Ugh. Now, that's fine, I guess, on a desktop. But on mobile, the whole screen is taken up work. by ads. And the latency those ads add, haha, ads mm-hmm. add, to the page time for, you know, a- clicking or tapping or loading or whatever is terrible. I hate the and phone with a full screen pop up you have to X out of. And if you miss it, you go to the ad. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And there are ones like sites like 9to5Mac, which have little banner ads at the bottom with an X that you can remove. But like, it's even older, like iPhone 4S, and you're on there. That ad takes up a considerably large amount of the screen real estate. And so you just have mm-hmm. this little bit of ad space on there, especially if you have a toolbar that floats at the top. It's just <sighs> mobile ads. Desktop ads, I think, are okay. I mean, some are obviously way worse than others. But even though there are ones like... I think Bloomberg or or Forbes has, you know, you click a link and it puts you at a page, the ad full screen below and saying, continue to the site in five seconds or something. Uh, Yeah. Forbes is is notorious for having that, that interstitial ad that that forces you to like, look at this thing for five seconds or skip it. It, it, You know, just, and it doesn't auto skip it for you. You have to wait five and then click it. Yep. Um, yeah, it's like all like it's like AdFly or these other you know URL. Yeah, the like, URL ad sites. Yep, that give you ads and people link up like ten in a row. Oh, Didn't totally. Why I know that, but uh, <laughs> so I um a few years ago, uh, Paul Thurot, he's one of the Windows evangelists, one of few Microsoft. You know, he's kind of like the mm-hmm. daring fireball John Gruber yeah. of Windows and Microsoft. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading uh his site. Win super site something something on uh, my phone, which is an Android phone, as you might have heard. And mm-hmm. in the Android browser, his site would load, and you would start reading the first paragraph or so. And by that time, the ads would start loading, and the, mm-hmm. there was a like kind of pop up modal box ad, yeah. and you had to click on the little microscopic link. And because Android browser wasn't the Safari, it wouldn't you know resize the ad; it would only resize the text below it. Yeah, and so I complained to him on Twitter one day, and he's like, "Nope, can't help you." Jeez. Of course you can. You're the site. You're the site dude. Yeah, and it's like, thing. well, you know, when your ads are causing people to be angry, then you know you've got a problem. That's that's such like a uh, yeah. That's, and that's 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 the problem with ads. It's having ads is a necessity, and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with some ads. I don't use an ad blocker anymore. I had one for a couple of years. Um, I got rid of it due to page loading times and ridiculous RAM usage. Um, but then um, it's the websites and how many they put in and the types of ads that they do. Yeah. yeah. Like, 
completely overtake and try to force one more in. And then the floating ads and the pop-ups are the worst. Totally. And, that, and that's what's driving people to block more ads. And that's, and then websites retaliate by showing more ads. And in the end, they're just hurting themselves and they need to have totally. good ads. Totally. And well, like, you know, that's, yeah, go. No, I was just going to say like, that's, that's like where there, there's a section of the marketing discipline that's that's like trying to figure out what good ads are and by good ads we mean stuff that doesn't try to make people that doesn't make people feel like upset that they're being deceived or it doesn't block people from from the from the thing that they're trying to read in, in a way that's upsetting like yeah we don't want to we don't want to be enemies guys and then and then like and then like the ad words the um what, what's the other one there's like something that, that's named after like some sort of amphibious animal that um that is representative of an ad network of some sort. I don't really recall it. Yeah. Um, but the one that does the the ads that you have to scroll past and yep. they're like, and they just do it anyway because whatever they're selling ads and they make all the money because, because the world is unfair. But um, the, uh, like the, the end result is that there's like that, that stress in the field between people who do the content farmy sort of thing or the, um, the, the scroll ads. And then the people who are, trying to in in theory fi- figure out other ways that are less intrusive to make that happen and it's it's weird to see where as an industry that's that's heading and i guess i don't really know particularly which which one's going to win out but it looks like the i mean like i more has that too and the verge definitely has the um the they like to plaster everything left and right as as we've dissected at length right so. uh, I, I, I even posted a picture so yes we dissected mm-hmm. it all right <laughs> Other than the Verge's top giant sixty percent of the page thing, I don't think that's overkill at all. On their side. Well, especially on a desktop, but I think it's it's. Let me show you. Let me. Uh, okay, yeah. I'll, I'll share I'll a picture up. on mobile, and then you can see what you think. Uh, it'll. Yeah. I'll, I'll get back to you in a minute. Far much worse. Definitely. I mean, it has to be because people are on their phones more than their computers nowadays, and so. Oh, totally. Yeah, but I think it's. I think you have to be even more responsible, or at least, ironically, responsive to um yeah. the the constraints of mobile and totally it's harder to like you know everybody makes fun of uh, android for their scrolling performance and it's not a lie and it's not a joke android sucks at scrolling but you know what makes it worse loading more crap totally and yeah, yeah. literally full screen if you're on the verge you have their their toolbar with a little hamburger menu yeah the rest of the page that you can see is that lexus ad and then you keep scrolling and there's more but Oh my gosh! Yeah. See, like the the thing about that the the verge that kills me is that, um, and and you you mentioned this before, Ryan, that like it feels like it's being lazy loaded, right? So it it um the yep. the ad script isn't actually there at the time. So you're like you start reading it yep. as as you said about the Windows Super site, right? You start reading it and then you're like, oh wait a second, there are ads that are covering this. Uh-huh. Well, crap. Like. If if you're gonna do that, at least have it block everything first, so you're not right. you don't feel like you're being baited and switched. Mm-hmm. Like, but I will say on the version, mobile version on their homepage at least they only have two ads. Yeah, the massive one at the top, and then a tiny banner ad at the bottom. And so overall, it's not horrible after you get over the fact that you can't see anything when you first load the page, which is I think a problem. Would, yeah, it's kind of uh kind of weird. I think this is what they call it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll have to we'll have to see hopefully at some point people will figure it out like do, do you guys do you guys think that um you know like the the um serial slash um um i guess our our colleagues on, on the um 
on the relay FMs and five by fives of the world, like that, that sort of sponsorship model, do you think that has any, any traction to supplant this? I mean, like if you guys have listened to the verge cast recently, you'll know that they're sponsored too by like, um, I think they were sponsored by lynda.com a while back too. And you know, like, do you think that that has any, any, any possibility of supplanting that even for like text-based sites or um, like places that have content in, in the Verge's style, you know, other you know, than just their, their radio? That's really, that's a really tough thing to, to, to answer. So for podcasts, yeah. I think it works really well because there's two or three ads per, per show. And uh, you know, the, the, they tend to be a lot more targeted, especially in mm-hmm. the tech crowd, like totally. Squarespace. On the other hand, maybe that's not targeted. I don't yeah. know. It's kind of, it, it depends. And, and you just come up and hit 30 second forward like five, six times and you're good. Right. I mean, I remember mm-hmm. when I started listening to a podcast a lot on Twit, they, on all their shows, they would have the same ad and the mm-hmm. same guy reading it four times a day and it got kind of repetitive. I don't, totally. I don't need to hear the same audible ad six times a day. Um, I don't know. For text ads, it's really hard because... So then what? In the middle of the story you're reading... This story brought to you by Squarespace. Have you ever made, wanted to make a website? Squarespace now. And I don't know if that's going to work. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, let me let me see if I can find a, an, an example of it. I think Mashable did did a couple of a couple of things that are like what I what I'm thinking about right here. Um, but it's it it's almost exactly like that. I know I know it sounds weird, but um, does does the Mashable name drop there help at all in, in kind of clarifying what I'm trying to get at? Um, if they just have a little blurb of a paragraph in about, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to catch an example here. And of course I can't now that I said it, but um, I, I guess another, another way to think about it would be like the, the sort of sponsorships that they have on Daring Fireball and, and six colors and such, but well, they're you know, even a little bit different because those are those aren't interrupting content, right? right? And it's, I think that's one of the biggest things. I I don't know how that would work for a site like Mashable because who reads Mashable through, or who gets the notice of new Mashable content through just an RSS feed or just Twitter? Because nobody goes mm-hmm. during Fireball. Just going to their homepage, you see most of their stuff on these sites as linked articles on Twitter or Facebook or other social media. So it's people sharing their sites. And so it needs to be on the right. page itself rather than exactly. the article itself rather than the feed. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, I know I can't, I can't believe I lost it, but there there's the Mashable had some series, uh, where they, where they wrote about startups for a while. Um, and, and they, um, and instead of being like promoted content, it just, it was just like, uh, there was just a little sponsorship blurb in the middle, but I'm of course not finding them anymore. So I it's possible know. that I'm, I'm full of crap, but I think you guys are absolutely right. You know, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely different for, for text or, or for, yeah for text like, um, media like that. But I mean, I have to say like the six colors and, and daring fireball subsidies have been weirdly, um, like they, they've worked pretty well for, worked pretty well for me because i've been you know i've i've i don't have audible but i've i've used hover i've used uh um i used squarespace for a while just use the free trial for that though yeah i I, I, when i tried squarespace of course i um i'm far too good for that because you know Mm -hmm. i can html and i can javascript and i can css turns out um 
but I know a lot of people can't. So whenever I, any, anybody I knew who wanted a website, it's like, well, how about if you try Squarespace first? And if you need something better than that, talk to me again. Totally. Yeah. And then, of course, that was the perfect solution because I knew deep down nobody would ever actually make a website unless, and why would they be asking if they actually wanted to make one? They would just Google it. Totally. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Unless they wanted you to make them one. But but that's <laughs> but that's the thing. People don't really want to make a website. They just want to have a website to go to. Like yeah. nine times out of ten, normal people don't want to be involved in making content. Yeah. And I also have one more thing to say about the ads in general. Like yeah. anybody can go and find a you know AdWords or image ad provider. Like even if you just run a small you know thousand views per month blog anybody can find that Mm -hmm. but i think it's a lot harder to find something for um you know your podcast like so here on the nexus we maybe get you know a hundred downloads per episode at most max in a month and nobody's ever going to sponsor that uh with text or with with uh with like uh, insert ads like live reads so i mean maybe that's good for good for merlin right um, but not mm-hmm. not good enough for normal people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so you kind of yeah. have to. Yeah, I feel like a lot of there are you know cheaper ads that are more intrusive, and before you start getting tons of people there, it's really hard to do a good, clean, not intrusive job with ads. Yeah, when you have low traffic, when you first start out with ads, definitely. But hey, I mean, content creation is fun anyway, right, guys? Oh yeah, especially you know when you just do it for fun. Totally. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, let's see. Uh, what are you guys doing this week? Anything fun? Uh, I've been working a lot on uh, my uh, CMS for the Nexus. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I've actually been doing pretty well. I just coded today. In fact, the tool that I use on the CMS, so you put in the uh, MP3 URL from Amazon Web Services S3, and it mm-hmm. will go and fetch the like the first couple of megabytes of the mp3 and it will analyze it for the id3 frame tags and the and it'll calculate the duration of the podcast episode and pre-populate all of that so i don't have to ever type it ever again oh wonderful nice so that's pretty cool yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so i'm using guzzle and uh id3 or git id3 libraries from composer for that it's pretty cool um yeah there's there's a couple of quirks like if your website or, you know, for some reason, if I ever change from AWS, it might not work because I need, um, download part. Like it, you can do, yeah. you can, you can download just a part of a file and that yeah. saves me the time of having to down- download the whole file. Yeah. And for some Plus reason, you're paying for anyway. Well, right. Exactly. Although my inconsequential download won't cost much because I'm the only one doing it. Um, yeah, it's pretty mm-hmm. cool. It works. Um, you know, it's just kind of prototypey right now. I'll refactor it later, but it's pretty cool. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. I want to see that when you're done with the whole thing. Oh, definitely. Totally, yeah. Everybody will be seeing it. I'll never stop talking about it. <laughs> awesome. You're going to GitHub it. Oh, it's actually on Bitbucket right now in a private repo, but I can probably invite you if you want to see it anytime. Yeah, no, that'd be super cool. I, well, I, when, when you, well, when, when you're, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I kind of wanted to try something new with Bitbucket, and actually Bitbucket's been really nice and great, but it's also, what what's really cool about the Bitbucket is it's totally private, so you can have as many private repos as you want, turns nice. out. Trying to get is, that, 
I mean, it's so, it's yeah. it works just like GitHub, except it's Bitbucket. Yeah, is Bitbucket an Atlassian product? It looks like it might be. Yeah, yeah, it yes, is. It yep. is. Mm-hmm. Oh, Atlassian taking over the world. Oh yeah, hip that's right. It's it's like it's. I mean, of all the companies to take down, they're they're trying to take down GitHub and Slack, which are like artisanal software products du jour. Like they're they're yeah, exactly, and they're and they're trying to enterpriseify them. Which is crazy because they're both already enterpriseified as is, sort of, mm-hmm. depending on who you ask. <sighs> so interesting to watch. Yeah, so that's what so, I've been doing. How about how about you guys? Nice. Um, well I worked and hey, get back to work. Um I've been slowly poking around with Brian and not me. Got routing working. Stupid nice. me could figure it out at probably two in the morning when they worked on the last, I don't know. Um haven't really had time to work on it. Again, it's mostly weekends. Although I do have a four hour car ride. Um, going to Wisconsin and back, so a total of eight hours, and I might work on it in the car this coming weekend. So, nice. Hopefully, I can work on it there without using too much uh, hotspot data for Stack Overflow articles. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Well, I am uh, kind of still getting ready from jet lag. If you guys, um, hopefully, I'm not too sketchy sounding. Slash no, you're fine right now, but. Um, I'm I'm still definitely getting over it. The the first day I got back, I was like, heck yeah! I got back at around one in the morning. I was like, heck yeah! I'm ready to go to work tomorrow at eight a.m. <laughs> uh, and then I uh, realized that I was not scheduled to work at eight a.m. because I'm slightly smarter than that. Um, I was not scheduled to work at all on Thursday because I knew I'd be coming home around one a.m. That is a very uh, wise decision. So I got in the car and I was like, okay, so ready for this. And then I realized, wait a second. Um, that's that's not how this works at all. So I went back home and I went back to bed. Um, but I'm still I'm still kind of uh, not not quite uh, not quite used to it. It feels like uh, what time is it? It's almost nine. Yep. Uh, it feels it feels like closer to uh, two in the morning for me right now for some reason. Yeah, that's that's but, pretty know. tough. I found when I went to Denmark 2010, I went there and I was up for probably 30 hours straight when I went there because I didn't really sleep too much on the plane. Oh, totally, yeah. Evening flights, and then, you know, the sun never quite sets when you're in the air that high. Yeah. I was more in the summer. It might be a little different this time, but then I just stayed up the whole day, crashed, super tired. But then I was, for the most part, adjusted pretty quickly just because I went to bed and slept good that night, and I was kind of adjusted. But then coming back, um, I was home for two days and then went to California and had another two hours. So I was at two days in, I was nine day, nine hours off. Oh, which, my gosh. It was a long week. I don't. I yeah. I slept and things, but I was just tired all the time. No, I bet. I bet. Yeah. Well, time zones. What are those about? Oh yeah. Right. Well, hopefully, hopefully this time when you go to Denmark, it'll be it'll be a little bit different. But I mean, sounds like sounds like you got a good way to handle it anyway. And if so, I have three weeks of winter break to come back to. So I'll be you'll yeah. yeah, you'll refresh yourself then. Exactly. So what do you guys think? Four episodes in, are we uh, are are we uh, good good for uh, good for another four at least? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, I awesome. feel like we have all sorts of things to talk about. Oh, totally. Which is I'm, unusual. I need to I need to buy a couple more uh, domain names for our, uh, oh, our next no. week's uh, domain <laughs> extravaganza. That's so dangerous. I don't know if I need to put on domains, but you don't need to put anything on them. You just need to own them. Yeah, let's put landing pages <laughs> and say, "Go here for Brian and Bummy." Well, you can make a redirect totally. maze. Yes. <laughs> that, that ends up putting you at, hey, get back to work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, lordy. So I, I hate to uh, hate to jump in here, but um, I have about two minutes remaining on my battery, which is ridiculous well, because it's been plugged in this whole time. That's perfect um, because my so, timer just expired. 
I think uh, I think we're calling it. Are we yeah. calling it? Yeah. Well, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, I can be found on Twitter at uh, Brandon underscore MN, spelt the way that it's been spelt for the past four episodes. B-R-A-N-D-O-N underscore M-N. M as in Mike, N as in November. Good. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at bman4789 or at tech4789 or uh, brianm.me or now heygetbacktu.org. Nice. <laughs> and you can find me just about everywhere, but especially on the Twitter at RyanMR and, of course, on the Google+. Plus which is where I paste pictures and videos of ads on The Verge to make fun of them. <laughs> yep. Well, this has been a lot of fun, uh, and you can uh, hear us again next week on The Podkit. New The Podkit. Podkit. I thought you were going to say multiple days, and I was like, that's not right. I saw you on there just yesterday, but then... Yeah, Imposter. Right. All, all, all your artists are belong to us. I didn't even catch that last thing. But it should be a little last off of the power supply. Yeah, I know, right? Okay. I, I don't know. I'm going to have to... So I've got an I'm even more perilous problem. <laughs> does, does anybody even know how computers even work Ooh. anymore? Oh, we lost Brandon. Okay, so my perilous problem is right now... I, I just noticed on the computer that's recording the show, the mouse is not responding. Like, it's not moving. But Audacity uh-huh. is still clearly recording, and the clock spinner is still clearly spinning, and mm. the time is still right, but neither the keyboard nor the mouse are responding anymore. <laughs>